As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. I call him Mr. Death because that's basically he comes to show me when someone's going to pass away. They claim that our eyes will just be created a slightly different from what they are. We talk to see things Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen Bigfoot or another cryptid, we want your story. If you've seen a ghost, we want your story. If you've had an experience with a UFO or an alien, we want your story. Anything paranormal or unusual, if you want to share your story, please get in touch. Podcast at gmail.com This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that's August 30th, 31st, and September 1st, 2019, I will be at Creature Feature Weekend. It's at the Wyndham in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I'll have copies of my books available. I'll be selling and signing those. Strange Familiars merchandise, art prints, some of my music, patches, and more. I'll be at the table right next to Nine Panel Comics, which is John, who you sometimes hear on Strange Familiars. That's his new venture. Stop by and see us, tell us a story, and see all the other great stuff they have going on at Creature Feature, which 
Of course, we went over just a few episodes ago with the folks who run Creature Feature. Stop by and see us. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Should be a great time. That's Creature Feature Weekend, this coming weekend, at the Wyndham in Gettysburg. CreatureFeatureWeekend.com for more information. We've got a great guest tonight. Kim has many different stories she'll be telling from throughout her life. The main one is this character she has named Mr. Death, who appears to her and gives her predictions of people who will die, all of which have come true. We're talking with Kim, who has had a lifetime of seeing the same man. He isn't wearing flannel, though. He's a bit different. So this started when you were a child. Yes. There was a strange occurrence before um, my first encounter with this man. And I was around six the first time I had an, an um, I came across him. It wouldn't be until I was an adult when I found out just how much time I was gone, you know? There's missing time associated with it. In oh, ways. yeah. Yeah. My dad came from up north, and my mom is from the south, so I was raised in the south. And this would be the second time that I went to visit my father's side of the family. I was just an infant the first time I had been there. Basically, to me, this is my first time being around the area, so I didn't know the area at all. And uh, my grandparents fostered children after they had raised theirs, and they had just taken a foster child in like nine months before, and he became what I always called my foster uncle because he stayed with us. Anyhow, he, my sister, who's almost eight years older than me, and one of my cousins and I, we went on a walk. And my sister and I never, you know, got along really. And I was, she looked at me more like the bratty sister. And in my mind, I swore she said, let's ditch her. And they took off running. Well, I decided that I'm going to take a shortcut and I'm going to beat her back to my grandparents' house and she's going to get in trouble big time. Now, don't ask me how I knew that I was going to take the shortcut because I've never been in this area. I don't know anything. But I knew to go across this bridge and there was like a wooded area off to the right side. I knew that once I went over the bridge to go right alongside those trees, well, I ended up in a cemetery. And as I'm walking through the cemetery, there was a man, and he was dressed in a three-piece black suit, and he was as pale as pale could be. And I didn't try to make eye contact with him, and I was trying my best to ignore him as I kept walking faster. And as soon as I got up to him, he had a very angry look on his face, and he reached out and he says, now I've got you. And when he reached out to grab me, I went right through him, and I just took off running. 
and I get to my grandparents' house, and my mom is in the kitchen, and she's crying and upset. I come walking in, and of course, she's hugging me, and she's asked me, where have you been? And, and I said, well, you know, I just went over the bridge, and I'm thinking that I have beat them back, and I'm telling her what has happened. She looked at me, and she said, well, they're out looking for you. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, they've been looking for you. You scared all of us. Well, later that night, I remember being woke up because somebody was calling my name. And once again, there he was. And he started showing me, it was just like a movie. I'm watching these scenes play out and there's a female and there's a male. And I'm watching the female chase the male, and they're running through an orchard, and I see her raise the gun, and I see her shoot the male. Well, I ended up falling back to sleep once the movie was over with, and he left. That morning, I got up, and my mother's mom had came up with us because she was going to go stay with my mother's other sister who lived in a state right next to this one. And I looked right at my other grandmother and I said, your nephew was killed last night. And she looked at me kind of funny and she said, what? And I said, your nephew. And I told her his name. I said, his wife shot him last night. And my grandmother picked me up and she said, tell me exactly what you saw. And so I told her, as soon as I get done telling her, the telephone rings and it was my grandfather telling her that, yes, there had been a death in the family and everything else. Well, what I didn't know until I was older was, and it had been a family secret, the woman that was the mother of this young man, she was engaged to my, one of my grandmother's brothers, but she chose to marry somebody else, and she was expecting at the time. So he was being raised as a cousin, and he did not know that he was actually my grandmother's brother's child. So me being, you know, calling him out as her nephew right away told my grandmother that I had seen what I had seen. Oh, wow. Because, because there was only four people in the whole family that knew the truth. Wow. And sure enough, him and his wife had gotten into a disagreement that night. The wife claims, and she did get by with it, but she claims that the gun accidentally went off. And my grandmother so many times wanted to be able to use my story because she knew that it was for real, that I had seen exactly what played out, but they couldn't use it, you know. And so they knew that she basically got by with murder. Because I watched the whole thing on a movie screen. Wow. And every, every time I have seen him. Now, right after, I don't want to jump too far ahead. But, you know, what's really weird is, you know, like I said, it was like a movie. When we got back home, there was some other strange occurrences that really happened after running into him. Okay, before we get to those, just one question. When you say it was like a movie, did you see it kind of like 
I guess essentially where was the screen in other words did it was it like a hologram in front of you or did, did it play in your mind or on the wall or where did you actually see it no he had me sit on his lap and all of a sudden it was just like it popped up and you know it just started playing out you know it, we walked through the house because I described to my grandmother the inside of the house and she had been there a couple of times and she said I described it to a T. You know, I described to her how they went from the living room and he went out the back door, which was attached to the kitchen and out through the orchard. And I said it was just when he got right outside the orchard is when she fired the gun. She told the police that she tripped and that's how the gun she meant to only scare him, but that it was accidental. And I told my grandmother, I said, no, I remember seeing the angry look on her face and her lifting the gun and purposely pulling the trigger. And they did have an orchard behind their house. And in other words, all the details basically checked out. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, me telling, calling him her nephew was the first indication that I knew what I was talking about to my grandmother, because there was only four people that knew the actual true story. Right. Wow. That is amazing. So when you saw him that night, so having seen him earlier in the day, and right. I, it sounds like he, he kind of scared you a little bit earlier in the day. Yeah, yeah. Was he equally as scary you know, that night, or was there something more calming about that encounter? You know, when I first seen him, as I was walking up to him, I didn't have any fear of him, I but because I didn't know him, I didn't want to, you know, engage in a conversation. You know, I just thought, well, I'm just going to keep doing walking and just ignoring. But Mm -hmm. when he reached out for me and I went right through him, you know, that scared me. But when I seen him later that night, I was not scared at all. And I've never been scared of him. And I don't know how to explain it. But I've never been scared of him at all. Even though I know he's bringing bad news. I've never been scared. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go forward. And, you know, as we mentioned, you've seen him several times throughout your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Has he yes. aged or changed his look in any way, or is he always consistently the same? Nope. He's always consistently the same. He's always wearing the three-piece black suit. And I've never seen his eyes because he's always got sunglasses on. It's weird. The only thing that has changed are those sunglasses. And it's like the sunglasses change with the time, you know, whatever time, you know, year that we're in, it's almost like those sunglasses change with that. But other than that, everything stays the same. That's so interesting. This is so, so interesting. Okay, so we'll shift back now. And and you said you, so you came back home after that first encounter and you were about to say some other strange things happened. Yeah, so... Things really begin to heighten then. We get back, and one particular night, it's just my mom and I at home, and my sister was at a birthday party, and somebody had came by to um, speak to my dad, and she informed him that, you know, my dad wasn't home. She didn't know when he was going to get home. So they left. Well, we hadn't been watching TV for very long after they had been there, 
And my mother decided that she was going to pick my sister up early from the birthday party. So we did. And we hadn't been home very long from picking her up. We had the house that we were in. There was a lot of windows all around this house. And my mom, when it was just us, if my dad wasn't home, we usually watched TV with no lights on. She always liked it that way. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, it is just like there is a person at every single window around the whole house, and they've got two flashlights, one in each hand, and they're flipping them up and down because there are lights just bouncing through every single window in that house. And I mean, it just lit up. And my mom took a big gasp, and her... And my sister and I, she put us in her bedroom and she put a chair up against the door and she told us we had to be as quiet as possible. Well, as we're sitting there in the dark, you can clearly hear footsteps walking in the other room. And that's the last thing I remember. I don't remember falling asleep. I don't remember how long we were there or anything like that. It was just bizarre. And it just, weird things like that just continued, you know? It it was just always something. It was just basically never a dull moment. When you say there were people at the windows, could you see silhouettes of them, or did you just assume that because of the lights? I just assumed that because Mm -hmm. of the way. It's the only way I can describe how these lights were bouncing up and down in every scene. I mean, there was not a window that did not have lights in it. It was weird. Every single window had these lights and they were just bouncing up and down. And it was bizarre. Where were you living at this time? You can be as general or specific as you want. In the South, at the very, very, as South as you can get. This is so interesting. So the amount of missing time you had in in that first instance, do you know about how long it was? Yeah, it wasn't until I was an adult and I was talking to my foster uncle and there was just something about that day that just kind of nagged at me, you know, and when I would bring it up to my mother, she just didn't want to talk about it. So one day when I was talking to my foster uncle on the phone, I asked him if he remembered that day and he said, remember, he said, I've never forgot it. He said, you scared the crap out of me. I said, well, when she said, let's ditch her, why did you take off? And he goes, what? And I said, yeah, when she said, let's ditch her, why did y'all take off and leave me then? He goes, oh, honey, we didn't leave you. He said, you just like vanished into thin air. Wow. And he said, we looked for you for a full hour because he said he was scared to go back and tell him that he had lost me. You know, because he hadn't been living with my grandparents that long. And so he was afraid he was going to get blamed, you know. Mm -hmm, And anyway, come to find out, I had been missing for three hours. Wow. Yeah. And I don't recall anything. In my mind, I watched them take off. And I knew instinctively to go over the bridge and go around that set of trees. And that would get me a shortcut back to my grandparents, even though I'd never been to this town before. Right. You know, 
It was just bizarre. You did find your way back to their house. I mean, so. Yeah. 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 I went right through the cemetery. And because after I, you know, realized I went right through him, I'm running. I didn't have to run very long. And I recognized my grandmother's house right off the bat and my aunt's car and went right in the back door. Wow. Yeah. Where do we go next then? You know, every time I've seen him, like I said, it, it's always been to let me know something bad's going to happen. And then, you know, I've had, like I said, it wasn't until I was an adult that I had the three hours missing. And it's just been unusual things that have occurred ever since then. Even now as an adult, and I'm a grandmother now, it still happens. You know, my, it's sad to say, but my kids have gotten used to the fact that there's going to be weird things to happen. Mm. And it's just bizarre. You know, I just don't know what to make of it. Because I've tried to see if anybody else has had an, an occurrence with this man. And he's not the hat man. And he's not the flannel man. So I don't know what he is. Right, right. Yeah, he, well, he seems to have a purpose in a sense. I mean, he. Yeah. I, you know, it's unfortunate he brings bad news, but. Yeah. He, uh... You know, I call him Mr. Death because that's basically he comes to show me when someone's going to pass away. And it's been like it's always been. You know, we sit down and. The movie starts playing and I start watching the whole thing. I mean, I remember because I was very close to my grandmother, um, my mother's mother. And I remember when he came to me to let me know she was going to be passing. And my mom and I had moved in with her. Um, My parents were divorcing. And my grandmother was very sick with cancer for the second time. And this time it was terminal. And so I remember the night that he showed up and I remember chewing him out. And I mean, I called him every name in the book and I said, no, you're not taking her because in my mind, I felt like he was the one who was taking her because it was like, he was the one showing me, okay, this is going to happen. And now I'm going to take him. Mm -hmm. Did he respond in any way? No, that's the thing. He never talked. I've never heard his voice, and I've never seen his eyes. Other than the, the first time when he said, I got you now, or whatever whatever it was he said. Yeah, yeah. Now I've finally got you, okay. and he reached out to grab me. Yeah, that's the only time. I've never seen his eyes, but he never says, you know, he's called my name out to wake me up. But other than that, he doesn't discuss anything. He doesn't say, you know, you need to watch this. None of that. It's bizarre yeah it's like he's there to perform that task yeah yeah like you know i've got to do this so come and sit down watch a movie and then you can go back to sleep or go back to doing what you need to do and i can move on till the next time yeah it's very i don't know how to explain it it's just it's almost business-like you know it's just Mm -hmm. bizarre because i don't know how else to explain it I guess that's kind of what I was getting at for him. It seems like he's there to do a job in a sense and just, and get it done and go. 
Yeah. It's weird. And I remember speaking to my grandmother about it because after the first incident, my grandmother asked me if I had had this happen before. And, and I told her about the man in the cemetery and stuff. And so she explained to me, she said, well, if you ever have any dreams, don't tell them before breakfast. And the reason for that was because she was part Native American. The reason for it she, was that if the belief was if it was a superstition, basically. And if you told it before breakfast, then it would for surely come true. My mother told me that when I was little. She, really? She, yeah, she said whenever I had bad dreams, she said, don't tell your dreams before breakfast. Yeah, because they'll come true. That's interesting because I yeah I remember her her saying that she's like and I've always been sort of superstitious about it since then. Oh yeah, me too. I won't say nothing. You know, when I got older, I would go to her if I would have them, and I've always suffered from night terrors. And she told me one time because I said, Grandma, I don't understand why I need to know before they pass away. Am I supposed to tell them? so that they can finish something. And she said, no, don't you ever intervene. It is not your place. She goes, I don't know why you have to know, but there's a reason, but you must never intervene because it's not your place. And so I just never do. Yeah, I think that's probably wise. Yeah, yeah. You know, the couple of friends that, you know, I've known all my life that know about this, you know, one time they joked around. They said, well, if you ever see me die, you'll tell me, right? And I looked at them and I said, no, I won't. Because it's not my place. I said, if you think about it and I tell you, you're going to try to prevent it. And it is what it is. You know? And so I still don't know why I need to know. But I do. So about how many times overall has this guy come to you? Oh, every single time. Someone I know is going to pass away. I mean, I mean, uh, how many times total has he, you know, about has he come to you in your life, mm, roughly? I'd say well over twenty times. Oh wow, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because unfortunately, he has came to me. Our daughters, two of their classmates, was in a horrific accident, and I knew that one of them wasn't going to make it, and. Then a month after that happened, our middle daughter's friend was killed in an accident. And I knew it before it happened. And it's hard as a parent because I want to tell, but I know I can't. You know, I want to prepare them in some way, but yet, how do you prepare them? You know, it's... It's kind of like a stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and I, I mean, the way this stuff works, I almost think, I don't know. Like, I don't know that it would it would change anything, but then there's the chance that it would. And then right. it, it becomes this whole weird, you know, it's like, I, you know, I often tell people don't don't 100% trust these messages you're getting from, you know, whatever these things are, the other, you know, it's just a shorthand term I use because... Right. Uh, Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're dead on, and then sometimes they're not. Now it sounds like this guy's been one hundred percent right, but oh yeah, you also haven't told. You know what I mean? Who knows if telling would it then affect that? You know, right? 
Right. There is one time I slipped up and it was I hollered the person's name out as I was dreaming because I've always had night terrors. And my husband is on the fire department, our local volunteer fire department. He woke me up screaming from a dream. And I hollered out the person's name. Well, just as I hollered out the person's name, his pager went off. There had been a vehicle accident and it was a semi-truck versus um, car. So they were paged to this. And he came back and as soon as he stepped in the house, he looked right at me and he said, it was him that you were dreaming of, wasn't it? Because unfortunately they realized it was one of their own that was in the accident. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I had hollered out his name. Mm. But I didn't, you know, say his last name. So I felt pretty bad because this was the first time I had ever done that. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt horrible for saying it because I had always kept quiet. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so these other kind of, you know, strangenesses, do they tend to pop up around the time when you see this guy or are they just... No, they're completely random sometimes and sometimes they're not. But what I find interesting, and I've kind of questioned, several years ago, my sister basically slipped up and told something to me that, for whatever reason, my mom never wanted me to know. But when I was younger, and as soon as I could start walking and stuff, they would end up finding me outside in the middle of the night. My sister said, they would move the locks. They put locks on the doors and they'd put, you know, chain locks and stuff. And they could never figure out how I got outside. And they would either find me in the front yard or they would find me in the backyard. And I would just be there. And when they would ask me why I was outside, I'd tell them, well, I'm playing with my friend. But there's nobody out there. But they could never figure out how I got outside. So the doors would be locked from the inside, in other words. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it would be outside. And there was never a chair up against the door. And when I asked my mom about it, I know it creeped her out really bad because she was like, I never wanted you to know that, and I don't want to talk about it. Huh. And, yeah. And I do not walk in my sleep. So it's weird. You know, and ironically, my sister said... The last time I did it was a month before the incident up north, and I don't recall it. So that kind of ended when you were fairly young then. Yeah, yeah. And it was almost like as soon as I seen him, then me going outside stopped. Right. And my sister always wondered if the two were connected. Yeah, I mean, you know. From yeah, here, I, I'd say yes. How? I don't know. You know? <laughs> neither. You know? And, but, yeah. Certainly, I could be wrong, but it just, they feel connected, you know? Right. And I've thought that. I have spoken to my husband and kids, and I've said that I do want to go get hypnotized to find out what happened in that those three hours I had missing. But I want one of them to go in with me and tape record it, too because I don't necessarily fully trust hypnotism, you know, but mm-hmm. but I do want to know. It's nagging at me 
as to why those three hours are missing. Yeah, I, I've had some conflicting having talked to people because uh, I'm interested. I'm, I'm to the point now where, you know, I kind of want to know what happened in some of my, you know, I, I have some possible missing time, possible abduction things. And I, I'm to the point now where I kind of want to know, but I've been, you know, some, it depends who you talk to. Some people are very, you know, anti-hypnosis, like very, very anti it. And then right. other people are, I think they're cautiously optimistic. I haven't found anybody who's like, yeah, hundred percent, it, it will give you the absolute truth. But uh, right. others are, you know, I, you know, have said it, they felt it helped them at least. Right. And you know, it, it may not be nothing. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm like you, you know, because part of my mind goes towards that abduction, you know, and then the other part of me goes, okay, you're, you're thinking crazy now. Stop. You know, that's just too way out there. Right. You know, but, but there's dots that connect. And I sit there and I go, but this connects to this and this connects to this. And they keep pointing in that direction. I mean, there's like, there's a scar on one of my fingers. And when I asked my mom, how did I get it? She goes, I've never seen it before. And you never did anything to that finger. And I said, well, I had to because there's a scar. And every once in a while, it will really hurt. Don't know where it came from. I have no idea. It's just always been there and have no idea where it came from. Hmm. And it's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just weird, you know. And maybe she doesn't recall me doing something to it. I don't know. But it's just bizarre that after all these years that it would still start to hurt out of nowhere. Right. You know, yeah. because it's weird, you know, and yeah. it's in the shape of a perfect V. I don't know. It's weird. Huh? Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. And I, I sound off my rocker. No, no, I, no. It's, I have decided for that. And this is for me personally, like the only way I can explain this stuff for what happened, what I think happened to me is if it right. was out-of-body experiences. That's the only way I can make sense of it at this point because it felt completely real. It felt completely natural. It fe- I felt awake. But this, at the same time, it can't be happening. You know what I mean? Like, logically, this stuff could not be happening. So the only way I can explain it for myself, you know, I've just come to that conclusion. Like, it had to have been some kind of out-of-body experience that just felt completely natural and real. Right. Have um, you ever astral-projected? I've tried. I don't, I've never had much success with it. I have done it without trying. I can be asleep and then all of a sudden I am on the ceiling and I can see myself, you know, laying in bed. I can see my husband and myself laying in bed. What's weird is I can literally feel the ceiling as I'm moving along the ceiling. It's bizarre. And then all of a sudden there'll be total blackness. And I can feel myself flying. And at first, it freaks me out. And then once I relax, then it's okay. But it's just bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's not, a weird I mean, feeling. It, it sounds, you know? it sounds kind of neat. But I guess if you, so, so you're not trying to do it. In other words, you, no. you realize it's happening, like as it's happening. Yeah, yeah because the, you know, I can see myself, and I'll, you know, it's like, oh. 
there I am, you know, I'm laying in bed. And so that's when I'll start to move along the ceiling. And then all of a sudden, you know, the ceiling won't be there and I'll just be flying. It's like it's extremely real, you know, but yet then I think, am I dreaming this? You know, Mm -hmm. because it's one of those things that's so real, you question was I dreaming that or did it really happen? Right. You know? And that's exactly how I've explained these, like I said, quote unquote, I don't, I don't think I was ever really abducted. You know what I mean? But that's how I explain those experiences. It felt so real. And, yeah. And yet, you know, like this isn't right, but it feels so like it feels completely real. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's almost like you have to reorient yourself to realize that you're no longer in that situation that you're really in the here and now it's like you have to re- it's almost like your brain or your mind has to regroup i don't know how to explain it it's just a very bizarre feeling because you feel like you just came back but yet once you start realizing you know kind of i guess waking up maybe then you got to go, okay, did that really just happen? Or was it one of those super realistic dreams? It, it, I just don't know how to make right. sense of it. Now, when you see this guy, this man in black, and I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily mean a man in black, but he, he happens to be a guy yeah, who wears black. Um, right. Do you get any sense of a, of a dreamlike feeling, or does it feel like you're totally awake when you see him? No, it's, I'm totally awake. He always calls my name he always wakes me up he he will call my name but i don't see his mouth move if that makes any sense i Mm -hmm. just hear it in my mind and i just know that okay i gotta get up now he'll hold his hand out i'll take his hand and off we go the room no longer is the room it's almost like we're just sitting in blackness and the movie will start playing We'll sit down and it'll start playing out and it'll go scene by scene. And then once it's done, he leaves and I go back to sleep. Now, you mentioned uh, night terrors. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? No. That's interesting. No, I've never had that. And I still have night terrors as an adult. And I was told that they were supposed to go away once you became an adult, but they've never gone away. Mm-hmm. They've always stayed. And those are not necessarily tied to the visits from this guy? No. No, they could be something else. And the last couple of years... I've been experiencing something I've never experienced before, and I do not know how to wrap my brain around it it is bizarre and it'll completely hit out of nowhere and it's while i'm awake it's not when i'm sleeping and i can be either watching tv in the living room or i can be in our vehicle and say if i'm in my living room watching tv all of a sudden it it's no longer my living room it's somebody else's living room and I see people that I know, but it's like I've traveled back in time. It's almost like somebody is showing me 
their memory. And it may last a while. I'll watch like a whole thing. Like the first time it happened, the walls were, it was older wallpaper. And I was describing the couch. It was this green couch. And I'm describing, you know, everything in it. And come to find out it was an older cousin's house that I was describing because I asked my mother about it and I seen, you know, my grandparents, but they were younger and my mom and her two sisters and some other cousins as adults. And this particular incident, I said, everybody was, you know, dressed up, you know, in their Sunday clothes, but everybody was upset. And I was telling her exactly, you know, there was a lot of food around and everybody was just really sad. And the only thing she can think of was a funeral for um, my grandmother's older brother. It's the only thing she can think of. But it met that description like she, she kind of remembered that day. Yeah, because I told her exactly what my aunts were wearing and she, you know, it threw her back for a bit and she was like, yeah, I had those outfits and I'm described, I mean, right down to what their hair looked like, but it's almost like somebody showing me their memory. It's mm-hmm. not mine. It's theirs. And it can just hit out of the blue. Wow. And I don't know if there's a message in that or what to make of it. I, I just, it's weird. Do you think it's yeah. the same person's memories each time? Or do you think you're sort of accessing, you know, other people or oh, different people? I think it's random people because it's not always the same place. It's only, you know, different snippets of some particular time, you know. And like I said, the first time it was my great uncle's funeral. Because everybody migrated back to my one cousin's house after the funeral. And that's where all the food was. And as I was telling her, you know, all the food that was on the table, I was describing the table, everything. And yeah, it was to the T. And that's just been in the last two years. And I don't know what the purpose of it is. None of it. Right. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, what is... What's the purpose of what? any of you know I mean, other yeah. than other than to tell us that there's more, there's more to life probably than, you know, a completely, you know, Newtonian physical view of the world. But other than that, like, what would be the reason yeah. when you have these, we'll just for shorthand, you know, call them flashback episodes. Do you always recognize the people? Is it always people in your family, et cetera? There's only been a couple of times that I haven't recognized the people and that time, I must have went really back because it was like older, older furniture. Like, I would say kind of like the 18th century type, late 18th century, because I remember the fainting couch. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. I remember that and this massive four-poster bed and the thick curtains, and this lady was sitting in a rocking chair, and she was, I think, doing needlepoint, but I don't know who she was or anything. Right. But 
there's a much older, it's almost like colonial times. So I don't know who it could have been. Right. But you wonder if it, if it's not like somebody in your family line, you know, just because of the other ones. Yeah. yeah. Because my mother's mom, her mother passed away at a very young age. In fact, my mother was three when she passed away. So I obviously never knew her. And my grandmother always questioned, you know, um, her mother's heritage and things. She always wanted to know more about it. So I, um, several years ago, started researching it. And when my grandmother would ask her mom about her family, she would tell her, you're too nosy. You shouldn't ask such nosy questions. And she wouldn't say anything. The only thing my grandmother and her siblings knew was that their mother was raised by her uncles. And that was it. No names, nothing. So I decided, you know, as a tribute to my grandmother, I was going to do an ancestry research and see if I could find, you know, those uncles and see what had happened. You know, why did they raise her? You know, things like that. And each time, it would seem like I was getting close. Both my sister and I, and we lived 1,600 miles apart, both my sister and I would end up in the emergency room with either a really bad case of the stomach flu or something weird. But we would end up in the emergency room at the same time. Oh, wow. It was just weird. So I um, get really close one particular night. I see something and I question if this is really the same person or is it someone who has the same name as my grandmother? Right. So I send a message to somebody who's working on this person's tree, too. And I'm waiting for them. And so that night, as I'm getting ready to go to bed, I'm thinking in my head, hopefully this person will answer me. You know, please let me have an answer tomorrow morning. My husband turns off the light and... He no more lays down in bed and it's just like somebody took a dresser drawer and just dropped it at the foot of our bed. We both come flying out of bed. There's nothing there when he flips the light on. And I just had this sense that she was upset with me. You know, I don't know why, but I just had this feeling that she was upset. I ended up having weird dream after weird dream that night. I woke up from one of them, and lo and behold, there is this lady standing over me, and she's got a very stern, ticked-off look on her face. And behind her, it literally looks like there's a revolving door, and my one great-uncle, the one that I grew up with, my grandmother's brother, her second oldest, he steps out. And then he steps back into him. Then my grandmother comes and steps out of him. And, I mean, it was, you know, the last two of her siblings, her oldest two siblings that I didn't know, is the only thing I can think of that they're the first two that, you know, had stepped out. And then the uncle that I did know. And then my grandmother. And then her baby sister. And this lady is, meanwhile, she's just standing there as I'm watching my grandmother and my great uncle and 
and then walk through this revolving door. Well, then, as soon as it gets past my grandmother's baby sister, which I had grew up with, there was an empty door. But nobody came out of that door. And she's just, the lady's just standing there glaring at me. And as soon as that empty door showed up, she just vanished. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So the next morning, sure enough, there is a message. And yes, this person believes that we both have the same person. Come to find out, my grandmother's mother had been married before. And she had had a child. But she walked away from that husband and that child. And so I, to me, in my mind, that door that didn't have anybody come out of it or, or anything. I wondered if that was, you know, is that the child that she had walked away from? Right. Yeah. Wow. And, and they weren't on well, ancestry. They weren't able to track that child down or. Yeah. And in fact, the girl that I had messaged, it was her husband's great grandmother. And when she went to ask her questions, she became very upset and told her to quit looking and that she didn't want to talk about it. Wow. Yeah. That sounds familiar, huh? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that was, you know, her letting me know. I didn't want it to be known, but here it is. You know, I'm not happy that you found it. Here right, it is. Right, right. Huh. You know, yeah. Seems to be something tied in with your family with all this, right? Like it seems to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, it is. A lot of it is. An older cousin. We would talk every day on the phone. She would always laugh because I was so much like her versus my mother, you know. And her birthday was actually only ten days after mine, so that was one of the things we had in common. I had just gotten an iPhone and I hadn't had it for like a few months. All of a sudden, Siri would just pop off by itself and say, could you please speak up? I didn't hear you. And it was like, what? You know, nobody's around the phone. It's just sitting on the end table, you know, and it's going off by itself. So I'm thinking there's a malfunction with the phone. Well, then we started noticing it was going off at the same time every night. I started having strange dreams, and I had tried to get a hold of my oldest cousin um, because she's a few months older than my mom. Well, anyway, tried to get a hold of her, and I couldn't get a hold of her because, you know, she was the one that I would go to you know, with my dreams, but since my grandmother wasn't, she passed away when I was almost 15. So my older cousin would, you know, kind of help me make sense, you know, of the dreams as best as she could. Mm-hmm. And I can't get a hold of her. Siri keeps going off. 
same time every night between 9.30 and 10. And it got to the point that my husband said, can't you turn Siri off? And I go, yeah. So I turn Siri off. Yeah, lo and behold, Siri keeps going off every night between 9.30 and 10. And this happened for about a good week. One night, we went to the store. Siri, of course, goes off by herself right on time because we had been shopping late. And my other cousin ends up calling me, and she's really upset. And I go, what's going on? And to find out, my oldest cousin had passed away. And because she lived by herself, they didn't find her for three days. So she had been in her house for three days. And as soon as we found that out, Siri stopped going off between 9.30 and 10. Because the neighbor recalled her letting the dogs out at 9 o'clock that night. And then that was the last time. So we figure the 9.30, 10 o'clock is probably when she passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you stopped having problems with the phone once you found yeah, that out? Yeah, yeah, Siri stopped going off. Huh. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I you know, but the the man in black is the one that and that missing time, you know, that's the I think out of everything that and the night that all the lights were bouncing, you know, through every single window. Those are the two that really bothered me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The other stuff I can handle. When is the last time you saw this man in black? Uh, the last time, which oddly enough, he did not come to me when my older cousin passed away. That's what's bizarre. He did not come to me. But the last time was six months ago. A kid that we had considered him like one of ours, he's a, he was um, our middle daughter's best friend, and he took his own life. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, he was a good kid. And that's the last time I've seen him. Hmm. That one, I wanted to, I wanted to cuss him out like I did my grandmother because I didn't want it to be true you know but i just i didn't say anything yeah yeah wow yeah i've tried to make reason out of it try to figure it out and on one hand you would think that maybe it would be comforting to know like you can prepare yourself no but i would not want to know i I think it's a burden honestly mm mm-hmm I really mm-hmm. do. I would not want to know for yeah. a second. I don't envy this at all. Uh, no. And that's exactly what I call it. I don't call it a gift. I call it a burden. Because I feel helpless. You know? You, when, especially when you see the person and you know that you can't say nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, in no way, no how, would I, would I want that. <laughs> I feel for you. I really do. It sounds... It yeah. It not... Uh, in no way can it be pleasant. No, it sucks. Do you know, you... or you see their family, mm-hmm. you know, and 
sometimes you want to say if it helps. I know they didn't suffer, but yet you know you can't. Right. You know, it's just because you literally watch their final moments being played out, and it and it sucks. Is it usually like the kind of the next day kind of thing where it plays out, or sometimes are you given more lead it time? Varies. It varies. It varies. Yeah, it varies because one of the b- most bizarre thing is I was about nineteen, and my mother did not like for me to talk about him at all, and I had been so used to talking to my grandmother. And all I would say was, you know, he came to me last night. Then my grandmother would, you know, tell me, well, you got to remember, it's not our decision. It's, some, you know, mm-hmm. and it is what it is. And, you know, she would always help me make peace with it. My mother, on the other hand, she just didn't like to talk about it. And I remember one particular time she got upset and she said, well, I just think that you've been doing this for attention. I think it spooked her or something, but she just felt that I did it for attention. So one night we had went out to eat and we had seen a movie. So she's bringing me back to my place and she decided to take the back roads to my place. As we turn the corner, they're sitting on the bridge in a car is the guy. He is sitting there. My mom literally slams on the brake. And she goes, oh, my God. I think that guy is dead. And it sounds terrible. But for me, it was a relief that she was seeing what I had always been seeing. It was almost like he proved to her that I was not making it up, that I had always it was bizarre, but he had allowed her to see him. Mm-hmm. And I looked over at him because she kept going, I think he's dead. And I go, yeah, that's the man that I've always seen. He's the one I saw that day in the cemetery. And she, her eyes were just huge at saucers. She just looked at me and she didn't say anymore. And in fact, she didn't talk to me for a good two weeks. I think it really spooked her. So did he move at all? When you nope. saw No. Stayed. Nope, just sat there as still as could be, did not move one muscle. Wow. Do you remember any details about the car he was in? Ironically, he was in the same exact car, right down to the color and the make and model of my grandfather, which we were in that car because my mom's car was in the shop. So she was using my grandfather's car. And the exact mirror image of his car is sitting right there on that bridge. And three months later, my grandfather passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She got angry with me for a while after that one. And she's like, you knew. Why didn't you tell me that I was going to lose my dad? And I told her, I said, because Grandma told me never to do that, that it's not my place. And so she was pretty mad at me for a while. But it was just, you know, she finally admitted, you know, she didn't believe me. And so there he was. He made sure that she saw him that night. Yeah. It's weird. You know, I mean, 
I don't know what to make of it. You know, there's um, Do you have any any feelings or any sense of it? Like, do do you relate it to, like, ghostly activity, or do you think there is something you know relative to UFOs with it, or do you just try to not guess at all? He's not a ghost, that's for sure. I mean, he's as real as you and I are. Mm-hmm. It's weird because in the cemetery, I went right through him. But when he would sit me on his lap, I would it would be just like sitting on some... It would feel just like sitting on someone's lap. Right. You know? But yet in the cemetery, I went right through him. You know, his hands just went, shoo, you know? And I don't know, you know, what to make of him but i know i don't think he's a ghost because he's just too real mm-hmm. you know i don't know i don't know what to make of him and like i said i've gone back and forth and in fact this weekend i was watching a couple shows on the history channel i love ancient aliens mm-hmm. and the new show that they have where it's the declassified that they've started showing. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, yeah, I I know what you're speaking of. I just haven't seen an episode. Okay, it's really good. Well, there was an ancient alien episode that I had not seen, and it was abduction stories. And so I had recorded it, and I watched it Saturday. Well, there's something that they said in there that they said that a lot of the abductees have in common that I can't get out of my mind. And they said that they have the RH factor. Mm -hmm. Well, I have RH. I'm O negative. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I had to have the Rogan shot whenever I was expecting one of our girls. I would have to have that shot before. As soon as they found out I was expecting and after I delivered the baby, so, because my body would have have attacked the baby because of the RH factor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. One of the I, things they have to test for when when anybody's pregnant, I believe, right? Because. Uh, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right away because they've got to give you that, and then plus they got to test the baby's blood so that they'll, you know. Right. There's maybe a chance the baby may need a blood transfusion. I don't know if they're still doing that nowadays or not. You know, because everything's changed so much, but. Yeah, it's weird, but, you know, like I said, part of my brain goes that way and leans towards the abduction part because of things that have happened. And the other half of my brain goes, "Mm, no, that's kind of, that's too far out there. Right, right. It's, I don't know if it's denial. I don't know. Well, no, I mean, I think you're being as honest as you can be. I mean, I don't know is really the only true answer I think we can give on any of this stuff, as frustrating yeah. as it is. And uh, like uh, like you were saying, like, you know, why are you showing these things? You might not know the reason. We might not ever know the reason for any of this stuff. You know, I don't know might be the only answer we can ever give, which is, so. I mean, I think that's very, very frustrating to some people, but it's also a truth that we might have to live with. Right. You know, and even as a kid, I've always, I don't know how to explain it. I just always knew, or I've always felt like 
we are we would be extremely naive to believe that this is the only planet that would have life form on it. Yeah. You know. And as I got older, you know, the more you know, I would become intrigued with the thought get back to the rest of our interview with Kim in a moment. I want to thank our patrons who make Strange Familiars possible. Strange Familiars is brought to you by our patrons. Without our patrons, we could not do the show. If you like what we do and you want to get more Strange Familiars, please consider becoming a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. We do at least one full extra episode of Strange Familiars every month for our patrons. Often we do more than one episode. And we give other bonuses besides. You can check out all the levels of support at Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription and you still want to help out, in the show notes at strangefamiliars.com, you will see a paypal.me link. You can do a one-time donation that way. Another way everyone can help is to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, whether it's iTunes or YouTube, Stitcher, wherever and leave us those nice five-star reviews. I did get to see a UFO when I lived in Virginia with my ex-boyfriend. We did get to, and that was a bizarre night, to say the least. I never wished to see one, but he always wanted to see one, you know? And we were both living and working in Virginia. Um, We had taken on a job as a live-in maid and the groundskeeper. And our boss, it was a couple, an older couple, they were out of town and they were visiting their daughter. And so they had two German shepherd dogs and they had a horse and then a donkey. And it was in Virginia their house was and the drive up to their house was really long it was almost like a mile up to the main house each side of the road had trees and woods and everything the house when you came out of the drive it was like a circle drive and there was a house and then there was a barn and they had built two apartments that were really cool in off the barn and we stayed in one of them and then the other one which was a studio apartment, they rented it out. So this particular day, the dogs were acting very weird. It had been unusually hot this particular day. So I made sure to keep the dogs inside because I didn't want them to overheat. But of course, you know, they wouldn't need to go outside. And so they would go outside and do their business. And then they would come in and lay down on the nice, cool tile. Well, later that evening, we're in our apartment, and my boyfriend at the time said, I'm going to go across and make a sandwich. Do you want anything? And I said, no, I'm good. I'm not hungry right now. So he said, okay. So he steps out, and I mean, it was almost like he came, turned around and came right back in. And the dogs had went out with him 
he comes back in, they are now belly crawling and whimpering back into our apartment. And I looked at him and he's as white as a sheet. And I said, what's going on? You're at, you know, you look like you've seen a goat. He said, as he was walking by our car, something growled from underneath the car. And he said, it was just a weird, deep growl. And he said for a minute, he thought about getting down on his hands and knees to see what it was. He said, but it was like that. Something told him, nah, just get the dogs. And he said, as soon as the dogs got up to the car, they never barked. They immediately dropped to their belly and started whimpering and shaking. So they come back in and they will not go out after this. I told him, I said, well, you know, there is woods all around us but who knows what kind of animal you know is under there they said maybe you should just wait a while you know maybe it'll go away about an hour later the horse and the donkey started acting weird they were we could hear them running around out in the pasture because it wasn't it was a pretty good sized corral like you know Mm -hmm. that they stayed in most of the time And then they could go back into their stalls at any time that they wanted to from the corral. But you could hear them just running like crazy out there. And I told him, I said, something is scaring them. You know, I said, we've got to get them in the barn. I said, because I don't want them to have a heart attack or something. I said, but something's out there. And he goes, yeah, but if it's a coyote, I don't got a gun or anything and I can't. I don't want us to get attacked. And I said, well, yeah, I understand that, but I don't want to have to explain to them that we didn't try to get them to safety either because, you know, they were expensive, the horse especially. And so we go out there and, I mean, the horse is just running like crazy. Its ears are back. Its eyes are wild. Its nostrils are flaring. So I know that she is terrified. The donkey is making sounds. He's running around. He's kicking in the air. But there's nothing out in the corral with them. That's the weird part. There isn't anything out there. But they are acting like something is in that pen with them. So I tried to get them into the corral. They aren't listening to me. I have him run across to the house to get some carrots and an apple, anything to see if I can entice them into the corral Mm -hmm. and get them calmed down. And he goes to go by the car and he kind of stops and he looks back at me and he just shook his head and he took off for the house. Well, it took us a while, but we finally were able to get him into their stalls. And so I shut the door so that they couldn't get out. So we go back in and we hadn't been inside very long. And they had this P-Rock, you know, for the driveway around the house and the barn. So whenever a car would drive in, you could hear the tires crunching on the rock. And we distinctly hear that. And the dogs start barking. So... He looks at me and I look at him and we're thinking, wow, it's kind of late at night. Who would be pulling up to the house at this time in the night? We go out there and 
there's no other vehicle out there. We thought, well, maybe whoever it was, they got lost or something, and they just came up the drive and turned around and headed back down the highway. Well, he goes and checks, and there's no vehicle going down the driveway. So it was kind of weird. We thought, whatever. The dog still will not come outside. And I knew that they needed to go outside because they hadn't been out in quite a while, but could not get them to go outside for nothing. So went back in. Wasn't much longer. We hear tires crunching on the rocks again. We go out. Yeah, there's no vehicle out there. And the dog still will not come out. Finally, we managed to get the dogs to go outside. And it was around midnight. And we're standing out there with them, waiting for them to do their business. And all of a sudden, I hear him gasp. And he goes, oh, my God. And he points up. And I look. And it was quite a ways away. And you could see, you know, light. And I go, yeah, it's a plane. He goes, no, you need to watch this. I don't think that's a plane. Well, sure enough, there were these three things. We could see them. And they would go up and down. And then they would go back and forth. And there was three of them. And they were right next to each other. And they were closer to the mountains, so they were quite a ways from us, but you could still see the lights, and you could see them bouncing up and down and side to side. And he was just enamored with that. I remember feeling like, yeah, okay, you know, no big deal. And he's just, you know, going, oh, my God, you know, isn't this, he's just, you know, he's on a high. And I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh. And he's like, aren't you excited? And I'm going, no, it's no big deal. And he's going, what? He goes, that's not normal. You know, he goes, do you not understand? We're and it just, it was like, okay, yeah, they're there. You know, and, and I don't know how to explain it, but it was like, yeah, they're there. They're going to be there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, why are you acting like? It's not natural, you know, and he's just looking at me going, and why are you acting like it's natural? We're both looking at each other going, we're not, you know, you're acting weird. But yeah, it's just, I I just don't know what to make of any of it. But yeah, that particular night. So I don't know why the things, you know, what it was that was underneath his car. But it was obviously something to spook the dogs because I've never seen them act like they were. The horse and the donkey. Something was there around, but we just couldn't see what it was. Mm -hmm. Bizarre, you know. But it definitely made his day. We (laughs) got to see him, and I'm just like, okay, yeah. (laughs) You know, and he's just like, I just don't understand why you're acting like this, you know. And I'm going... Okay, I just don't understand why you're making such a big deal out of it. He's going, because <laughs> they're UFOs. And I'm going, uh-huh. And I remember telling him, you know, you would have to be naive to think that this is the only planet with life, with life form on it. You know, and I go, so, yeah, I, no big deal. I expect them to come and check us out. I said, who knows? Maybe we have 
maybe we've checked them out and we just don't know. You know, the government is the way it is and we just don't know it. Yeah, it's certainly possible. It, yeah, you know. When you say it was bouncing, and I'm I'm asking this out of curiosity because I've seen something bounce in the sky. First of all, uh, did, was there any color to it, or was it just a white light? Or yeah, it's just there were like four lights that would on each one of them, and it was like they would, you know, one would go off the next. You know what I mean? They would just go off like one, then the next one. You know, they would go off and tandem i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they would move downward and then they would move back up and then they would move side to side and sometimes they were in sync with each other and sometimes they were not the ones on the outside because there was it seemed like there was a bigger one in the middle and that one did more of the up and down the other two you know, they were kind of almost all over the place as opposed to the middle one. But they would just go up and down and side to side. And the lights were just constantly, it was almost like they were rotating around it. Oh, okay. Did they and have any color to them? There was a couple of red ones, and I remember a yellow one for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any other colors. But I do remember the red and the yellow. The reason I was asking about the up and down motion is uh, I saw something, and this, I mean, I guess this could have been atmospheric, but I, I've yet to find an explanation for it. It looked like a star, a very, very bright star, but a star, and it looked like somebody was bouncing it like a basketball. It was moving in a... Like like I'm sorry? Kind of like the dribble motion? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two on the outside. That's what they would they would do you know they would do the the middle one was more i don't the only way i can describe it would say more reserved in motion compared Mm -hmm. to the outer two and they were so quick at movement yes you know yes this like i said it looked like somebody was dribbling it really fast but it it moved within a like within a defined space too you know what i mean yeah 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 it but That was what he kept freaking out about the most, was how they could move like they were, but yet still be in the same place that they started from. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? You know, it's it's like they're standing still, but they're able to go all over the place erratically, but they're never moving from the place that they're in. Yeah, it's like there's, there's a confined space they're moving within. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very much yeah. like it. That's that's so interesting because, I mean, I've been sort of looking for a atmospheric explanation for that, but now I haven't found one. You know what I mean? I can't, there's nothing in the atmosphere that, that I have found yet that makes things look like they're being dribbled like a basketball. I have looked, tried to find reports of UFO sightings back in 88, 89. And it would have been in, you know, I was in Charlottesville at that time, and they were closer to the mountains, which was, there was a town that was about 10 miles, 15 miles from where, about 10 miles, I would say, where we were. And, you know, they looked like they were over by those mountains. 
but yeah, the one in the middle, you know, it's, it was all, it's going to sound silly to say this, but it was almost like the middle one was the parent Mm -hmm. and it was letting the two children out for, you know, some playtime. Right. You know what I mean? It (laughs) was like, it was like the middle one was the responsible one and letting the children kick up their heels, you know, because it moved, but it did not move like those two outer ones did. You know, they just had far more, you know, it was like they were kicking up their heels mm-hmm. and kind of like a parent taking a kid out to the park and yeah, I'll play a little bit, but the kid is far more erratic than the parent is. Right. You know, and yeah, it was just bizarre. The sighting of them did not freak me out at all. It was the events that took place before we saw them that bothered me. Mm-hmm. It was the growling under the car, hearing a vehicle coming up when there isn't anything pulling up in the driveway, the way the animals are acting. That was what was unnerving to me. But the UFOs, it was like, okay, I don't know. In my mind, I think the two are connected. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think the way the animals were acting and whatever it was underneath the car, I feel strongly that they were connected to those UFOs. I really do. And I don't know how to explain that. It's just a gut feeling. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's like I point out with these you know, people who want to say Bigfoot and UFOs aren't related when there are so many cases when they're seen together. I mean, I can't say for sure they're connected, but I can say it's pretty weird to have a bunch of weird stuff happen, you know, with a, Mm -hmm. with a creature and then see a weird light and say, and not at least note it, you know, not at least note like, Hey, these are two really weird things that happened. And I would say that it kind of applies that too. It'd be very strange to say like, to not relate them. I think is it'd be more unusual in a, in a sense. Exactly. Because, you know, Virginia has its hotspots of paranormal activity, you know, because of the civil, you know, there's hotspots throughout all of Virginia. And if we had been experiencing weird paranormal-like activity before this particular night in that area, you know, at the place, then I would say, okay, maybe they're not. Mm -hmm. But because we had not until that night, and once... The UFOs left because we watched them for like two hours. You know, I remember sitting on the corral fence and we were just watching them move. You know, once they left, you know, we didn't have any more of, you know, the growling underneath the car. We didn't, you know, the animals stopped acting weird and and scared and everything else. And we never, ever heard the rocks crunching like somebody driving up unless somebody real was coming up the driveway or pulling in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it never happened like that ever again once they left. And I just feel that the, the two things were connected. I strongly believe that. That's why I go back and forth on Bigfoot. I, there's a part of me that thinks that Bigfoot may be connected to them and maybe some of them are and maybe not all of them. You know, I don't know. 
Yeah, the more I research and the more time goes on, I'm I'm less convinced that they're not connected to it. But I, I certainly can't say for sure they are. Right. It goes back to what we were saying before. The the honest answer is I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you explain it? You know, because they're. It's hard sometimes to find words to explain what you're experiencing or what you're seeing. You know, but. To try and wrap your brain around it, you know, like I said, the astral projection, I've never tried it. It just has happened. It's hard to explain and put into words because you're sitting there going, okay, did I really do that? Or was that just a very vivid, realistic dream? Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's just not enough words in the vocabulary to describe it either. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what, you know, when I try to explain that, and I say it's realer than real, I don't know, like, that's the best I can tell people what it's like, whatever these experiences are, these out-of-body experiences, these abduct, whatever they are. That's the best way I can, I can, as close as I can get. I can't get any more. Yeah, I know. I get it, you know, because, you know, and I'm very cautious as to who I let know, know that I had these experiences. And there's a few that I have told, you know, that know me. But, you know, it's after I've known them for quite some time and I have to really, really trust them because you're going to get those looks, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. And so even though we've advanced, <laughs> you know, we're, there's a lot of more open-minded people there's still a lot that feel like, okay, you belong in a nut hut, you know? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. There's, I mean, now I'm, it's, you know, it's it, essentially, it's my job. So I talk about it every day. So right. it's, it's a little bit easier for me now just to kind of barrel out and, and, but, uh, right. before I did, I remember like the few people I told about the abduction experiences, you never knew the reaction you were going to get. Like sometimes, they were fascinated and other times it's just that you get this stare like you, you know and you could tell they're just like now they think less of you or they think you're crazy or something you know right and you've right. just opened up to this very deep like you know important experience that you can't fully explain even so there's that aspect you can't give them any answers you're just kind of opening up like this happened to me and then uh like in my my instance, I remember specifically one of these people just you know immediately said, "Oh, did you get anally probed?" And it was just like, "Okay, I'm done. Like this is done." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one person that I honestly thought that I could trust because you 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 know you hold it in for so long, but you want to tell somebody. It's almost like you got to tell somebody. Because you're looking for that comfort of, it's almost like you're looking for comfort of them saying, yeah, I've had that happen too, or I know what you mean, you know, something. But Mm -hmm. constantly holding it in, it's bothersome in a way. So this person I thought I could trust, and they were staying over, and yeah, they made a tinfoil hat, and they thought it was funny, you know. And you've opened up about this very personal thing, and you know, I it's, it's yeah, yeah. Well, strange familiars has given me a place to talk about it, and you know, I'm happy for that. And uh, hopefully, a few people have come and said that they're happy that that they get to talk about it. So, you know, hopefully, yeah. I'm making a kind of sp- safe space here because 
especially when you don't know what to make of it. I mean, I almost envy the people that are that are 100 percent sure, you know, <laughs> they, yeah. they they have all the answers, even though I don't believe they really do. But, you know, maybe in their mind, they do. They have all the answers. They know whatever they know. They are from the planet whatever Zeta Reticulon and they're here to do this this and this and they know they have all the answers I almost envy them more because they have something to tell people other than I don't know why this happens I don't know what's going on right well and they can they can honestly say well there's a purpose why there's a reason and I have a purpose as to why I'm going through this or why I have had to go through this Mm -hmm. as opposed to those of us who don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and you and the other ones that allow us to tell our stories, you just have no idea how we appreciate that y'all let us give us a forum to do this and make us feel comfortable and able to talk about it because it does make a difference, you know. Ever since I was a kid, I've always had health issues, always in and out of the hospital, and it wasn't until I was 40 that I finally got a diagnosis, and it was because of a birth defect. And through different tests, we've also discovered that I have a couple of different birth defects, and a couple of them I question myself. You know, is it? it's just they're bizarre. You know, it's like, really? That's kind of odd. You know, that's just I don't know that they're just really odd, but, you know, I've often, you know, unfortunately, when I finally got diagnosed, I fully believe that it had went on too long, and so I've had to have a feeding tube placed in, and I have to have the feeding tube for the rest of my life. Ooh, yeah. But, well, I'm sorry about that. It, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. I... You know, when they first told me that I was going to have to have one, I went back and forth, back and forth. You know, I had to make the decision. And I decided that one of the other things that I've always, three things that I've always lived by is there's a reason for everything that happened. Always listen to your gut. It will never, that inner voice will never mislead you. And you can always find a positive no matter how negative a situation is. And I decided that when, that I would go ahead and have the feeding tube put in, if there were others that were faced with the same decision as me, I would help them and I would do everything I could to help them through the process if they decided to and everything else. Plus, I wanted to kind of break the stigma too. You know, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people have this misconception that if you have a feeding tube, well, you've got one foot in the grave, you know, and you have to explain to them, no, you know, it's because of the feeding tube that I don't have one foot in the grave. Right. You know, I may look normal on the outside, but that's because of the feeding tube that I look normal on the outside. The broken parts are the on the inside. And I've met some amazing people that have became lifelong friends that I would not trade for anything in this world. And it's just helped me look at life differently. And I think once that went in, that's when that urge to know even more so of that lost time and all the things that have happened, 
that reasoning and trying to make sense just really became strong. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Like I said, lately I've been really, really thinking about the abduction. And I mean, there's even been times that I have late at night looked on Facebook and there is a support group on Facebook for those that have been abducted. And I've thought about, you know, messaging the admin and then it's like, mm, I don't know. I'll probably sound like, you know, some weirdo because it's like, well, how do I know? Is there like a test or is there, you know, I don't know. There really isn't. I mean, that that's what I found. And, uh, you know, for, I don't know if you've heard me say, but Mike Cleland, uh, he's the owl guy. I spoke to him on Where Did the Road Go one time, and uh, he finally put me at ease at this because I said, you know, I I thought there was something less about my experience because I really felt like I never left my bed. And he right. he said he said to me, no, no, that's what I say about mine. He said, I don't believe I ever left my bed. And it immediately kind of set me at ease and kind of, you know, I like, I, I kind of, the only way I can put it is like, oh, this counts, like mine counts, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And speaking with Mike in person, I, I, I finally met him when I did the uh, X-Files thing in Rhode Island and sitting with him and other experiencers who are just casually speaking about this over dinner, you know, as if wow. it's, and it, it was the most amazing experience. So I would say, do not worry for a second there wasn't even a talk like, and we're talking about some wacky stuff and not once did one of us say to the other one, I know this sounds crazy, but because we also know that's part of it. You know, there's something built into this where you sound crazy when you talk about it. And I think the experiencers know that, you know, especially at this point, I think people were, you know, maybe 30 years ago, if you weren't talking about Gray's taking you onto a saucer, they might have questioned, you know, what you were talking, you know, what happened with you. But now I think that enough stories have come out that are just so bizarre and so wacky sounding that people are so open to it. I mean, I I don't know the, the Facebook group in general you're talking about, but I can only imagine that they would be at least open and comforting you know right right and you know it's a closed group and i completely understand that you know Mm -hmm. um that would just set them up for a whole host of nasty trolls yeah yeah whatever and you know i can see where it would be comforting because finally you know there's people that totally get where you're coming from even though like me having trying to find words, you know, to describe it or, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure that they've been there too, you know, but they've been doing it for so long that it's like, yeah, you know, then one day I went hiking and, you know, it's just like, it's second nature to them. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think I've kind of had that suspicion, but I've kind of pushed it back. You know, and it isn't until, you know, recently that I've really been thinking that that is a very strong possibility. Mm-hmm. And because I don't know how else to explain, you know, how can one person have as many experiences as I have had and seen things that I have had? in such a long life, you know, in such a lifespan, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. I mean, just like my sister telling me that 
as a child, they're, you know, I'm getting outside and they don't know how I'm getting out there. And they're moving, you know, the chain lock higher on the door and I'm still outside, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's no, the windows aren't open, nothing, but I'm standing outside, you know, by myself. And the freaky part is I'm terrified of the dark. I absolutely hate the dark. I'm so terrified of it. I will not walk from our back door to our garage without a light on. I will not enter a room that is dark. Nothing. I cannot stand the dark. I'm terrified of it. Well, Allison is sympathetic with that. I can tell you that much. Me too, huh? <laughs> yeah. She, she, uh, well, no, it's Allison. She, she, uh, oh. she will, she will not sleep with the light out. She's like, why would you do that? You can't see. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Yep. And see, I was always told that. Um, if you think somebody's outside your house, you want it to be dark because you have an advantage over them. Mm-hmm. You can see them, but they can't see you. And my reasoning was, mm, yeah, no, that doesn't give me comfort. I want the light on so that I can see them approaching me, you mm-hmm. know, so that I know what to do or run if I have to. But yeah, I'm going to be 50 this year and I will gladly admit I sleep with a night light on. Yeah. I have no problem admitting that. Yeah, that's that's Allison, hundred <laughs> percent. I I can sleep in a fully lit room without a problem. Whereas my husband, he wants it pitch dark, so we've compromised. We found a small enough light, night light that it's enough for me, but it still doesn't put the room on full blast for him. So mm-hmm. we've made compromise, but yeah. In fact, the one I think it might have been the the one night I convinced Allison to sleep with the light off was when she saw Flannel Man. Was that was that the mm. first night? I, she said one of the few one of the few nights that I convinced her to sleep with the light out. It was Flannel Man. She, she uses that as reason for now and like nah, that's let's see what happens when you sleep with the light out. <laughs> yeah, she's going. See, told you this happened. <laughs> We're doing it my way now. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I just you know if. We go somewhere and I've got to make sure that there's a light on, you know, to light up my path coming in to the house. And if we forget and I'll step into the house and if I realize that there was no lights left on, I'm stepping right back out and I'm sending my husband in because there's no way I'm going in. He laughs at me because. I can be sound asleep, and if a storm moves through and it cuts the electricity off, I am instantaneously popping up, waking him up, going, electricity is out, and he still cannot figure out how I do that. He said, I have literally watched you snoring, laying there snoring, you know, and he said, as soon as the lights go out, boom, you're up. He goes, how do you know it that fast? I'm like, I don't know. It's just instinct, I guess. But, yeah, I hate the dark. <laughs> and so for me to, as a child, you know, I question what happened. I willingly was, you know, I don't know if it was willingly or what, but I was obviously outside by myself in the dark right. as a kid. And I did it every night. And my sister said they, my parents even tried putting me in bed with them to see that, I got up, they could, you know, get me back in bed. 
and I still would end up outside. But That's I, amazing. I guess it's it's kind of creepy. It's not creepy in as much as it. Yeah. I mean, obviously you were okay in the end. Yeah. Yep. But when I brought it up to my mom, you know, well, I think you were sleepwalking, and I'm like, but I don't sleepwalk. Yeah. You know, and, and I never have sleptwalk. And, and, I, and, and that's when you, awfully young, right? I mean, that's... Exactly. That's, yeah. You know, as a, as soon as I could start walking, yeah, they said I would be, they'd find me outside. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. You know, how did I get out there? And why was I out there? And what was I doing out there? Yeah, how long? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. You know, and what little my mom talked about it, she said she would just cringe thinking about how long I had been out there before she discovered I was out there. Mm. You know, she said she would get become so terrified to sleep, you know, that there would be times she couldn't sleep. Sure. Yeah. You know, and then she'd doze off, you know, and yeah, I'd be outside. There's a reason for all this. You know, I just don't know what it is or if I'll ever know what it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's, we may have to learn to sit with the mystery, as Josh said, and just accept, yep. accept that it's going to be a mystery, which is, it's not the answer everybody wants, but sometimes it's all you get. It doesn't mean it's not fast. To me, it's extremely fascinating still. I still love talking about it and, and trying to figure it yeah. out, but I've come to accept that we might not, we might not know. It might not be our place to know. Yeah, that's right, because there was so much stuff happening when I was searching for my great-grandmother. I ended up calling a Native American reservation up and explained to them what was going on and what I was looking, you know, I was trying to find answers or help to deal with what was going on, and they sent me to someone, and I was talking to the person, and, you know, they told me, you know, and it makes total sense, you know, there is a reason for everything that's here on this earth. And sometimes we know why, and sometimes we never know why. We just have to accept the fact that there's a reason for everything that is on this earth. Everything has a purpose, whether it's good or evil, but we need to just accept the fact that it's here for a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, yeah, I suppose. You know, make sense in one way, but in another way, it's like, but that's not helping me. Right. right. It's, it's frustrating, <laughs> but, but it may, in fact, be the absolute truth. Exactly. And so, like I said, I, I appreciate that you and the others allow us to, you know, I'm so thankful that you do this podcast because we have that home base, basically, to where we can talk about it and others will get us. Or, you know, and, and like I told you, maybe there's somebody out there that maybe they've seen the same man I have. Exactly. I don't, I don't want to say without fail, because I'm sure it's happened at some point, but almost right. without fail, when people have come on and talked about something, I will get a follow-up email when somebody says, you know, I've seen that. They don't always want to come on the show, but they'll say, right. oh, you know, oh my gosh, I've seen that. This has happened. So it will be interesting. We'll put it out there and we'll see. Yeah. And I appreciate you letting me do this because, like I said, maybe I look at it two ways. And, you know, maybe there is somebody else that has 
encountered him and has had an experience with him as well. And they just have not been able to talk about it because they don't know how to talk about it or they don't know if it, you know, is, did they really experience it or is it their imagination? So hearing someone else, maybe that'll give them the courage. I don't know. But in the same sense, it would be helpful to me if somebody else has had the same experience too. Sure. You know, um, because then it's like the, okay, I'm not alone in this. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will definitely keep you posted. And Kim, okay, so thank, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Wonderful stories. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And like I said, you know, thank you for doing this podcast. I, it's greatly appreciated. Oh, it helps me as well. So I'm happy to do it. And I'm, I'm happy to get to hear all these awesome stories from people. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And yeah, let me know if anybody reaches out. Be interesting. Will do. Thanks for listening, everybody. I really enjoyed talking with Kim, and I want to thank her for coming on the show. We have some great shows coming up on Strange Familiars. At least two on-site shows are coming up. One was the trip Chad and I made to Pandemonium, which we have a lot of audio to go through, but that is coming. And then we met a repeat Bigfoot witness in Michaud Forest last week, so that will be coming up as well. And of course, lots more witness interviews and more. Stay tuned. More Strange Familiars coming next week. Remember, you can always find us at strangefamiliars.com. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Darkhollerarts.com. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. We also have the Strange Familiars Gathering Group there. And we are on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. Hey, Timothy, this is Chris down in Texas, Chris uh, Jackson. I had a Sasquatch. I think it was a Sasquatch encounter. I'm not sure. It was in uh, end of March 2015, and I'm down in Texas, and this is on my property. And uh, this thing was really not not even normal for what Sasquatch encounters sound like. And I don't know if you want the story or not, so I won't go into it all now unless you decide you want it. I'll, I'll give it to you later. But uh, this thing was about five to six feet tall and really heavy because I heard it going away from me. It turned, and it came back towards me. It's about it, it went about probably 300 yards away, went 200 yards to its left, went 300 yards back right towards me, and uh and I never got a look at it until it went by. It, it went perpendicular to me down this little path. And I saw it cross the path. And I was stunned because I had no idea what I had seen. It, it was not an upright biped. It, uh, it had really long hair. It was solid black. And it had really long hair so much that I couldn't even see its feet or any appendages you know, on the ground. I could hear the ground pound when it went away, 
when it turned left up there and when it came back towards me, I, I figured it was about an 800, 900-pound cow or a horse or something. And uh, when I saw it, the only thing I could think of was it was like a big, tall, wide, black cousinette. Just hair bouncing everywhere and hair all the way to the ground. And like I said, you couldn't see its limbs. The first thing I did was when I saw it, I looked down and I realized I couldn't see any feet or arms or anything. And then it was into the brush and gone. And I never saw a head. It had got across the road behind a, a little bit of brush before I saw it. But if there would have been a pronounced head, I would have seen it. And I didn't. I didn't see a head. I didn't see a face. It was just like a big mop. It was black, just kind of bouncing along and, you know, pounding the ground. And uh, I'll go into all the details of it if you want. This is on my property. I still own the property. I live on the property. And I've never seen anything like that before in my life. And I've been down here for 40 years. I've been on a farm my whole life, and there's nothing that looks like that. And there's certainly nothing like that supposed to be around here. And every, I've listened to a lot of Sasquatch reports since then, and um, I've never heard one that sounded like this or that met this description. Till more 
book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.